0: Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started ladies and gentlemen it is hockey night in new york welcome to the program everyone it is monday february 19th 2024 coming to you live from floored media in rockville center another big show coming up for you tonight mr brian compton of nhl.com will be joining us to talk all about the aisles the stadium series everything that's been going on my name is sean cuthbert with me with me as always is mr Stefan rosner Stefan. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. My girlfriend got me new shoes for Valentine's oh, Day, so I'm showing them off adorable. here. Thank you, Alyssa. I love you here. They're very really comfortable. Nice. How
0: come they're not red though? For Valentine's uh, blue. Day.
1: That's a very good point. I think I overdo with the red. It was time to do a color change. Red's my go-to color. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, I'm but the blue. So much about you, the blue is clean. So, thank you, Alyssa. These it's are fresh. Very fresh. nice. Well
0: done. Yeah. Well done. So before we dive into everything, I want to remind you we're very proud to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington and 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com. Also proud to be sponsored by Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd and unplug your game at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Also happy to be sponsored by Razor and Kniff, Attorneys of Law, ready to fight for you. Check them out at RazorandKniff.com. That's R-A-I-S-E-R-A-N-D. K-E-N-N-I-F-F dot for a free consultation and happy to be sponsored by A1VIP Entertainment, your one-stop entertainment concierge for sports, concerts, Broadway and more. One call does it all at 516-787-0048. And remember, folks, for all you guys in the chat and gals, remember to put questions brewing before any questions you have for us for later in the show. We will get to them and uh, we'll, we'll chat a little bit about the Islanders and uh, hockey in general. So with that out of the way. Stefan Rosner, yesterday, a big celebration. The weekend, a big celebration for outdoor NHL hockey, but for the New York Islanders, uh, pretty tragic the way that game went. They they looked good, and how many times have we heard this? The Islanders <laughs> have opened up a lead and blew a lead and ultimately ended up not getting two points in the game. So we will talk all about that. We'll even talk about the Forgotten game against the Seattle Kraken. and it feels like it was ages ago, just because of all the build-up to the stadium game yesterday and and all the hoopla behind it. But um, another rough week, and only it was only two games, but you know you get overtime or sorry, shootout loss against Seattle, you get an overtime loss, obviously against the Rangers. They pick up two out of a possible four points. Everybody knows how. I mean, desperate this team is now for points in the standings with the way things are going. So let's dive into it. Let's start in Seattle, and then obviously we'll open it up into the big game yesterday against the Rangers.
1: Yeah, so before we touch on Seattle, we look at the Calgary game and how compete was a major issue. Right. They go into Seattle game where it still seemed at times it wasn't great. It's a, that's a tight game. That's a, that was a fun game. Um, obviously, it's a tight game there, 1-1. But then go into the shootout, and the Islanders, again, just struggle to score in shootouts. Barzolo um, yeah. suffers a minor, minor injury. In that game. He ends up playing the entire overtime, plays a shootout, last guy to shoot in the shootout, but then misses a couple of days of practice. Things like that. Right, but the Islanders right. avoid trouble with him. But look at that game, and it's another situation where Philip Gruber is in between the pipes, his first game in over two months. You want to get traffic in front. You want to get shots. December
0: first, I think, was his last game. Something like that. It yeah. was it
1: was a long time. And and the Islanders, again, he made a couple of key stops early, but when you're facing a goal that hasn't played in that amount of time right. you gotta get shots You gotta get yeah. traffic in front make his life difficult and got a credit Seattle him to the outside did some good things there mm-hmm. but just not good enough in, in key moments for them again they go to overtime they go to shoot they get a point but Seattle isn't this amazing team and especially how Calgary went no. how Calgary's game went, and where compete was a major issue excuse me um, you had to see more and you didn't again they get one point and then it was okay they got a lot of time now to focus On the outdoor game, six straight days of practice. Right, a little
0: camp for Patrick Waugh.
1: We had some bag skating at certain practices. It was all about fundamentals that Mm. week with him. And um, it was intense. It it really was intense. It was, again, going back to basics is they went through line rushes 20 or 30 times. They went through two-on-ones, three-on-twos, breakouts, neutral zones, bag skate again. Um, It was like boot camp. And we said that when Mm. Waugh first got here, but... This week was intense. Had some, they weren't long skates, but they were clearly like, hey, we're not going to focus on a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Basics. Because this was the Islanders team all year long. And high intensity. And under Lane, really, just fundamentals went out the window. And I was mm-hmm. I was talking to Zekas. And I, and I asked him, I said, just what happened after Trotz left? And, and, and you saw that he was going to, you know, he didn't want to throw anyone under the bus and things like that. And he's a great teammate. He's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know what? Sometimes you just need a new voice. Things get stale or whatever. And clearly Waz come in and really helped the quote-unquote energy despite those last two games where compete was an issue. But when it comes down to fundamentals, he has to break them down, break all the old habits. He said the biggest habit that he's had to break so far, and the hardest one to break, is getting the defense to be mobile. Because under Barry, and even under Lane, they don't want to leave the front of the net. That whole mm-hmm. shell thing where they collapse. Right. And they just try to protect the front of the house. Like He wants them going into the corners. He wants them taking the puck up. Things like that, but these guys for years were told to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And now right. he's trying to do right. that, and he, you know it's piece by piece of these habits, but there's too many habits to break right now, and you're seeing it it's still becoming a factor in these losses.
0: Yeah, I mean, y- you would hope that that six days that Patrick Waugh had to-, to practice with these guys to kind of get them to to really embed his systems into into their yeah. brains, right? And, and you know, for the first 50 minutes of, <laughs> of yesterday's game, Great. it looked like that's what was happening. But, you know, we've also talked about how many 50-minute games they played under Lambert, right, where it looked like they were in control. And the wheels fall off the bus for some reason, and they're finding different ways to do it because, you know, now you have a Patrick Waugh team who's who's not only up there in shots, but sometimes dominating yep. teams in shots. You know, they're, they're pushing 35, 40 shots a game nearly now with Patrick Waugh, and we saw that again against the Rangers, and so you're happy with the fact that they're obviously driving more play. More puck possession uh, they're they're putting goals in the net early, like they did with Lambert, but it looked like you know things might bank a different way, and then all of a sudden you know you get to that third period and it was it was almost like a classic Lambert third period in the sense that once again now maybe they didn't strategically try to go into a shell, but I mean they were getting shelled by the Rangers where what so
1: happens when you take penalties
0: <laughs> yes, and and we are certainly going to get into that. But it's, it's just, you know, you have the big stage, you have all the fans out there, it's, it's a, big event, a big event, everybody's having a good time, and, and Islander fans are having a great time, you know, and maybe, you know, in the back of your head you're starting to get a little nervous, that 4-2 goal comes, and then you're like, uh-oh, but uh, it's Patrick Waugh now, this is going to go differently, it's going to be different, you're still probably feeling, feeling good, and then once it gets to 4-3, to that's probably when the real nerves came in. And, then
1: Romanov scores.
0: <laughs> right, and then you're like, here we go. Here's the difference, right? They're they're able to b- battle back and get that goal that they really didn't get under under Lane Lambert. So you're feeling a little bit better again. Pe- then penalty trouble comes, and and just a dismal, dismal penalty kill for the season. But I mean, it was just just totally, you know, came out in spades yesterday against the Rangers, and obviously it did them in. But just a, a reoccurring nightmare for the Islanders and their fans with with these now 15. Blown leads throughout the season and just points that you couldn't give them away earlier, but you really can't give them away now. And, you know, even though the Rangers are a team long gone from, from chasing them in the standings, it still would have been a big two points, not only for, obviously for the Isles in the standings, but, but for, the, for the fans, for the team themselves. It would have been a huge boost of confidence to win that game against the Rangers in the setting that it was, and it completely blows up in their face, and, and, and here we are.
1: Does it count as a day game since it was delayed?
0: I mean, it was still technically, it was late day late day. right it was like 4 so, so we count that early evening
1: it was still yeah 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 yes yeah, yeah, okay that's yes. what yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: I, I want to talk about the first period because that was the most important first period for me under why because he's talked so much and i really thought this was the storyline for me for dot mm. com they wanted me to write a, a a sidebar story the story within the story and i was like this is perfect mm. Waz talked so much about how he watched the islanders film before he got there and that one bad shift Turned into one bad period, was turned into one bad game. And he kept saying, I'm trying to get into their mind that one bad shift does not mean one bad period, does not mean one bad game. And you they give up they start off pretty strong, a couple of shots early. I think Lee had a couple. Mm. They got the first goal early and you said, Okay, two ways this game could go immediately. Islanders get shelled and, and that's they go down one nothing and that's it. Mm. Or they keep their heads up and they go back and, and give it to the Rangers and they go down, then they tie it, then they go two one, then it's three one. You're thinking, Wow. While well, I've been preaching this, that one bad shift where they allow that goal can't define their period. Mm-hmm. And they have a fantastic right. end to that first yeah, period. Yeah. And you're thinking, we're seeing it before our eyes right now. This this mental hurdle that they've struggled with all year, Wah, yeah. well, finally got through to them right there in that moment. I said, this is amazing. Just play the way they played to start in the first period. Of course. And this game, you everything about this game going forward when they win the game, it's, it's a game changer for just mindset mentally. Is right. that... Look, we put it to ourselves. One bad shift's not going to define us. And mm. the goals they were scoring were great goals off the rush. Schusterkin was looking terrible. And then mm. they allowed Shisterkin to get into the game. And mm. and that save that he makes on Engvall, which to me it's flashy glove save and I'm a goalie, so you love that stuff. But to me, that <laughs> save with the crowd the crowd cheering, going nuts for that. Yeah. Um definitely Schesterkin felt that. And he was fantastic as that game went on there because Again, if the Islanders keep going and score another two goals, maybe early in the second, things like that, you're thinking this he might get pulled. Sure. Um. And I, and I thought they were doing the right things in the first, and then it just, again, they didn't get complacent. They kept battling, but the mm-hmm. Rangers are a good team for a reason. Yeah. They're going to push. Everyone always talks about how you got to play a full No team in the NHL ever plays a full 60 because there's that buffer period where the other team's going to push, and you well, just, just have to teams survive. Teams
0: are too good enough to yeah. where there's going to be ebbs and flows, where a team is eventually going to capture some yep. momentum, even if it's a minimal amount of time.
1: And then, again, you, the, the Islanders just allowed the Rangers a little too much time to get traffic in front. Think, you know, guys getting behind the D, mistakes being made, and then I guess you might as well get to the penalty kill now because it yeah. was the moral of the story here. I mean, Scott Mayfield takes three penalties in the game. I guess we'll, we'll talk about him after the PK as a whole, but PK was two for five. You're going to have a very hard time winning the NHL, one, when you take five penalties, and two, mm-hmm. when your PK only stops two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Holmstrom gets taken off the penalty kill. So again, last year we talked a lot about how the power play was so bad and no changes were made till game two of the playoffs. And it was like, how do you keep... You know, it's one right. thing if the power play was so the same good. they' thing not after night. It was, be, If the power play was so good in the regular season and just wasn't working early in the playoffs, then it's like you know what; those guys have already proven yeah, they could do it. Yeah, give me a shot. yeah, yeah, yeah. The power play was so bad last year, no changes were made. You're thinking, yeah. how, how is this allowed? Right. This year, the penalty kill has been this bad, and there's been no changes until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Nelson doesn't get any PK time. Seventy point seven percent on the year. That's the worst in the NHL. Under Lambert, it was 73%. Under Wa, 59.3%. 16 for 27. Oh, oh, oh my God. Under Benoit, <laughs> since Benoit's coming to help the penalty kill. And okay. Six sure. for 12. 50%. You are not going to win hockey games when that's the case. We've talked so much. Let's say the penalty kill has been perfect in all of these games. There, you're putting for five kills last night. That means Barzal's not seeing the ice for, let's say, no one scores. They're perfect. Ten minutes. Ten yeah. Minutes.
0: yeah. One-sixth of the game, stuff.
1: you That's good math. I Thank can't you. do that. Thank you. Um, but you're, you're ruining the opportunity for your best players to be out there. Now, they're listen, Horvat's on the penalty kill at times. Maybe you have strong defensemen on the penalty kill as well, and they'd play that either way. But Barzal is your best player under Patrick Waugh. You need him on the ice. Patrick Waugh wasn't playing him like 25 minutes a night. Yeah. You can't do it unless now you put – maybe that's something they think about is putting Barzal on the kill. I had asked Lambert about that, and he said that they don't want to – essentially, I don't remember exactly what he said. It's been a while ago. But um, he said that you know, he doesn't really want Barzal being put in spots to block shots, things like that. Mm. But with the guys right now on the penalty kill not getting the job done, you got to find – I mean, listen, maybe Barzal gets more shorthanded chances. If he's not going to play and it's going to limit his ice time, he's got to be out there. Maybe you think about you know, Scott Mayfield struggling, right? 5-5, five and five, he's looked a little better as of late, him and Riley. But when your best penalty killers are in the box, you can't have that. That was like last year when Zizekas was in the box so much. It's great that he's your number one penalty killer. Can't do it from inside the penalty box.
0: Yeah, no, for for sure, and and I mean, it's just something that's been burying this team yeah. time after time, but, you know, it's not just the penalty kill, like, they should know that they gotta stay out of the box simply because of how much they've struggled, yeah. right? Like, like, that should just be in the back of their minds, like, yeah, uh, you know, rule of thumb, don't take penalties, but like, you know, the New York Islanders, us, we shouldn't be taking penalties because we can't keep the puck out of the damn net when we yeah. do, right? And yet, You have yesterday, and I I know everybody has been on Mayfield because he took three penalties, and of course, especially in critical situations late in the game, which ultimately allowed the Rangers and their strong power play to come back and ultimately win this game, right? But, you know, another guy I got to, you know up you know have a bone to pick with is is Matt Barzell and and I've brought his name up when it comes to this in the past and and I don't think he deserves a pass here because it happens time and time again whether it's in a crucial situation like yesterday or even just in the middle of a game yeah. when you know they go up a man 15 seconds and he's taking an offensive zone penalty and it's the same thing it's always stick work it's either a high stick everyone, a hook. usually what well, you're sure yeah but but yesterday you know he takes a hooking penalty and I'm and I'm watching from you know <laughs> yards away <laughs> in the football stadium but I see it and I'm like what is this guy doing and and you know you get some fans going ah how
1: do you call that and I'm like no I
0: mean that's a hook I mean by definition You can't that take
1: is, that penalty That is the definition of a hook and yeah, they're going to always call that too Yeah
0: and maybe some nights they don't but but don't give the refs the opportunity to especially in a in a marquee game like that in a huge game like just keep your stick down. And I think, you know, Matt Barzell kind of needs to be held accountable a little bit here because yes, he's the team star. He's he's the guy that drives the offense. And ultimately he's he's a guy who's gonna carry this team on his shoulders to help help them win games. But you know, there's there's also a disciplinary, you know, portion of the game too, where you have to know how to play this game responsibly. And he's he's long enough in his career now, well into this season enough now. And, and also to have the tape, to have the examples, to see, you know, I'm sure Lane Lambert and Patrick Wilde have been like, Matt, stop doing that. <laughs> Showing. Please stop doing that. Bad. Yeah, exactly. Matt bad. You know what I mean? And so he knows it. And, you know, and sometimes you see him giving out to the ref and and, and complaining about it and stuff. You know what they're going to call. You've been in this league long enough, and you're fast enough where you shouldn't even have to hook these guys. You should be able to keep pace with these guys. Usually it's when you're getting outpaced by somebody, and, you know, you get... You're doing that last gasp effort to try to stop somebody. And sure, that's going to happen in, in the uh, you know, the nature of the game sometimes, but you got to be responsible with your stick. And, and, and Matt Barzell now has just been a guy who time and time again who's, who's really hurt this team with these penalties, especially because of how poor the penalty kill is.
1: Yeah, and you made a great point about stop giving the other team power plays, right? The penalty kill, let's say the penalty kill was good this year. You could still argue they're putting the team is putting the PK in, in situations the same way with Sorokin where hey late in the third period you have to make you have to be perfect they're putting them in spots and again five times going on the PK let's say no one on the PK goes into the box mm-hmm. you're wearing that group down you're wearing both penalty kills down to the point where when you need them to come up in a big moment they're gas same way for Sorokin you yeah. allow 35 shots through two and a half periods and late in the game he allows a soft goal he's being killed out there. And that, and
0: that PK, it, did, it didn't end up in a goal right away, but that PK for the Barzell penalty, they couldn't clear the zone for the two minutes. Yeah, That four on three, they were in their own zone. I mean, they could not save their lives with a clear from the puck. And I know this has been a recurring <laughs> you know, issue for the Islanders pre- and post-Patrick Waugh, but I mean, they had a couple of opportunities there where they could just sail the puck out and they couldn't do it or end up burying him. Now, I don't think that was late enough in the game where the Rangers didn't have the goalie pulled on that situation, right?
1: No, so you're talking about when kletterberg tried to clear it, that one?
0: I'm talking, yeah, because oh. it was one point later on where you actually had an attempt at the empty net and god forbid that goes in they still don't have an empty net goal but that could have sealed the game right there
1: one i think that i think it was clutterbuck one that was that looked like he was going in from our angle and right. two, that is some def- i forgot what's defenseman was but that that is you know you could blame clutterbuck at times remember that turnover against was it colorado that he turned it over i forgot what yeah, it yeah, was. yeah yeah i know but what you're like talking that, about though yeah can't yeah, happen yeah. like I don't blame. Cl- I mean, that's a ridiculous play. No, no, no. Diff-
0: play. Yeah. And, no. In fact, I was happy to see somebody going for the <laughs> yeah. empty net. To be perfectly yeah. honest with you, but it would, you know, a little luck, and you and you have it banked the right way, and we're not having this discussion right now. It's we're probably having it in a week or two about another bad penalty kill or whatever. And I forgot.
1: Someone else chipped it up. They iced, not iced it. Oh, maybe it was on the penalty kill because mm. they sent one down with the empty net. Mm. I forgot what it was, but yeah, again, they don't have one. That's how many games would they have not blown the lead in if they get the empty net?
0: Stefan, it, it's just been a, a recurring issue for this team. And and I'm sure Lane Lambert pulls some, some of his own hair out. And I'm sure Patrick Waugh's starting to with, with the way these games are going. But for whatever reason, this team, and again, if it's mental, if it's, if it's a systems thing, for whatever reason, this team just struggles when it comes to just defending the house and outward when they're holding on to a lead late into a game. And I mean, we see it again yesterday and, and it's just, you know, mind boggling. It's just like at the, you get this late into a season where you're less than 30 games away from the end of the year. And it's, what's it going to take for this team to learn how to, you know, successfully defend a lead in a third period, especially a team that used to know how to do it when you have what 80% of the team that was under Barry Trotz. And, and all of a sudden it just, it just goes by the wayside. It, it's just hard to figure
1: out. There really needs to be a study. I don't know if it's this year or in a couple, <laughs> right. of oh, just like right. post Trotz. What happened? Like in 30 years, I'd be like ESPN <laughs> right. 30 for 30. I'm right, like, right. right. clear aftermath. Because like right after Trotz left, immediately after Trotz left, the team's fundamental, like it was, maybe it's accountability. But at the end of the day, forget about accountability. Like it's, it's basic plays that aren't being made. Yes, we'll get to overtime, um, discuss that. With Noah Dobson there. Mm -hmm. Great Mm -hmm. game. Three assists. Reaches the 50 assist mark. He finishes more than obviously. First player with 50 or more since since Podvin did it in 54 or fewer games. He was having a great game. And then Mm -hmm. in overtime, tries to go up the middle. Or tries to go across the zone. Excuse me. And we're all taught you never do that. But even Watt talking about after the game. Because my mindset is, if you're going to chip it out, go up the boards. But for Dobson, he had two plays. One. He holds the puck. Mm-hmm. Panarin's circling back and leaving the zone. I don't right. think he's. And number two, which is what Wah said I want him to do, is skate it up.
0: The only little bit of, I guess, you know, leeway I'll give Dobson on the play is that he aired the puck. So he yeah. thought, what are the chances of him knocking the puck out of the air? He took the gamble. Obviously, it could have been an odd man
1: rush, probably. Blew yeah. up
0: in his face. Now, if that had been on the ice and you had Panarin, then you're like, yeah, what are you thinking? Of course. Still the wrong play to make. But again, the, the slightest bit of leeway is, you know, what are the chances that Panarin's going to get a stick in the air on it? And he does. And obviously, it completely ends in a disaster. But, you know, but, but at that point, like, are we really even going to get on Dobson for that play after everything that preceded oh, it? It never should have exactly, to- never gotten to that point. And, and I turned to my buddy that I was sitting to watching the game. And after the game, the regulation ended, I said, you know, as an objective hockey fan, I would bet my estate. That the Rangers are going to win this game yep. in overtime. I mean, just no question about it. It only took ten seconds. I
1: so, say, did you bet that it would be reviewed?
0: <laughs> you know, you know, seeing it in real time, it was tough to see. But once they once they put the replay up, I was like, oh, that's a goal. That's going to count. And no question.
1: The, the insult to injury is that Dobson kind of bailed himself out because he got back and he blocked made the block. The shot, <laughs> right. like,
0: and then it was clown show. It uh, just went off of him. Off I the felt and in the going neck. into the yeah.
1: room because questions have to be asked. Like, of course, of course man. and you, and you do just your job. the emotion. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, I wasn't. Like, had to do a story on Dobson, and it, I would have had to ask it. Fortunately, somebody else asked it for me and yeah. asked what happened. He goes, It's pretty self explanatory, isn't it? Like, of, of course, he's right. not going to be in a mood to talk about it. Right, right, right. And it's just tough because then I went, you know, my story is about how good he's been this year. And everyone, all of his team said, you know, he's a force on our back and he's a leader in the locker room. Like, they were hyping him up, which they should. He had a fantastic game. Yeah. yeah. And again, it should never have gone to that point. But let's get to some positives. How was the tailgate?
0: Well, I'm going to talk about that later because, look, we got B-Con oh, okay. coming on at 8 So let Let's get through what's on tap, and I'll tell you all about the tailgate during here of the week, all right? Yeah. It's time for What's on Tap, what's on tap? brought to you by <laughs> A1VIP Entertainment. That's right, folks. Let's take a look at what's on tap. Busy week for the Islanders. Four games. They head into Pittsburgh tomorrow night. A team that's fading in the standings now, probably out of it at this point, unless they go on a big run. But another team, I guess you look at, like Calgary, like Seattle, that you can't overlook. Obviously, they got a bomb squad there with Sidney Crosby, all the stars. We all know who they are. But this is a game where, you know, if the Islanders are going to look past a crushing loss yesterday. Because, look, yesterday could be a turning point for this season. You know, I was looking at it before the game as a potential jumping point to go on a run. You beat the Rangers, good team on a big stage, and then all of a sudden you go on a big run towards the playoffs, right? Now, you get a point point in an embarrassing loss in front of 80,000 people people on a national stage and you got to suck it up two days later and play against the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh so this is a game where we'll see how good this team is at bouncing back after after a loss like that and if they can they grab two points maybe you look at it as you know maybe this team still has a shot because I'm sure there's a lot of fans in I the country right now that aren't too uh, positive about their their you know proposition of making the playoffs at this point
1: yeah, when we have Compton on, we'll talk about Brock Nelson because he's the one that asked a question mm-hmm. that got yeah. the the response that we will get to in a little bit. But right. Brock Nelson pretty much said that every game, every next game for us is a is a must win. Is the biggest game of the year, yeah. which is obviously true. Ironically, going into the game, I think Ethan Sears posted the Islanders' record was the exact same as it was a year ago. Or Even now, after points, yesterday, me, the points. Oh, really? Yeah,
0: I saw that like a week ago.
1: Yeah, oh, maybe it's a week. Uh, you know, who knows? Um, <laughs> but. But yeah, but you look at this week. It's it's monumental to get at two points now. You have to because you're already on a three game skid. You lose another one. That's math four. Um, and again, we talk about the power play penalty kill. Like Pittsburgh's power play has been terrible. They thought getting Eric Eric Carlson would unlock something. I don't know what's so. Were. We'll find
0: out what's worse. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> the, the Penguins' power you, play. You don't, don't want to get kill. one.
1: You don't want to give them <laughs> power plays in general because Crosby's Crosby, But against the Islanders' penalty kill. You know, a bad all power play, off, this definitely. is the time for that power play to shine. And, mm-hmm. again, the Penguins are a team that aren't going anywhere, and the Islanders, obviously, are a team that thinks they're making the playoffs or want to. Mm-hmm. But, they, again, they play the way they play that first period against any team outside of that first mistake. Mm-hmm. Excuse me? You're going to win, and it's just you can't take your foot off the gas. And Waz said all the time that when we have a lead, we're going for the kill. And they tried yesterday. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you're on the PK, how much can you go for the kill? You can't. Well, you go for the penalty kill. They don't want to do that. But true. true. Yes. Um, yeah, against Pittsburgh after the loss they had, that especially that loss, a, a loss in any shape or form of not two points tomorrow um, is going to be just horrific what you said. You know, that turning point every game now, you kind of start saying, all right, they're, they're likely likelihood of making the playoffs now. If we're losing to the Penguins who are behind, if you're not going to beat the teams in front yeah, of you it's, it's over or near you, yeah. you lose to the teams behind you, you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, for sure. So that's a big game they got to win. Let's, let's flash through the rest here. Thursday, they go into St. Louis. they got the second wild card right now in the West. Robert Thomas leading the way over there. Uh, good team, good solid team in the West there. Another tough test?
1: They've lost two straight.
0: Didn't know that because I didn't look.
1: Yep, I looked. They lost two straight. I looked but, at the stats,
0: uh, and I saw Rob Thomas.
1: <laughs> yeah, Rob Thomas. No, he's been good. Cairo since getting booed by the fans, games. has been good. I don't know what you just did. Um, <laughs> Jordan Binnington. You do know Matchbox 20, buddy? I do, but not like that. Um, <laughs> Jordan Bennington, who uh, I just cannot stand. Um, but he's been good. Look right. at his team, and the, the Blues are a Blues weird. Cannon. The teams have been... It's been a solid team. They've had some issues this year, for sure. But, again, you're, it's a, you're going to their building, first off. Last year, when they were in their building... Was when Binnington shoved Sorokin. Do you remember that? They were leaving between the second. I forgot about that. I think it was the end of the second period, and Binnington gave him the nudge. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think Brock. There was also some other stuff that happened in that game with Binnington. If you get under his skin, he's not one of those goalies that could do two things at once he either is going to make really good saves or he's going to be a loose cannon and try to fight you. Mm. You know, there's other goalies that have been able to do that where they're really, really good and can do that, sure. a la Billy Smith. Mm. Uh, that is not Bennington. So if they get bodies in front, make his life hard, piss him off, mm-hmm. you're probably going to win the game. The fact is, the honors haven't done a great job of going to the net and crashing the net and mm-hmm. getting traffic in front. And you allow the Blues to find their game, you allow Binghamton to get his ego as high as possible, mm. you're going to have issues. Again, it's in their building. They've played well. But again, with all the losses they've had, you got you got to steal points now. You got to see Sorokin steal you games. Whoever's in goal's got to steal you games. You got to stay out of the box. And this is for every team we're going to talk about for the rest of the season. You have to, until the PK proves to them to the team that they could come up clutch. You got to make sure they are a non-factor in these games.
0: Yeah, no, no question about it. Now let's round out the week. I believe I said four games. It's actually three. Uh, Saturday, Tampa comes to town afternoon game. Uh Uh-oh. They got the first wild card spot now in the East. Isles are currently seven points back, but they do have two games in hand. So another huge game. We know what happened the last time. That was actually one of the Islanders' better games under Patrick Waugh. You'd probably say the best one. Uh, Six to two win there. But again, another team with a lot of veterans, a lot of firepower, recent Stanley Cup champions. So another tough test.
1: Yes, and it's a team that knows what just happened to them against the Islanders in the same building.
0: Yes. Um, It was a second
1: of a back-to-back. I'm not sure if they... I don't think they are playing a second of a back-to-back again. It'll probably be Vasilevsky, who got lit the you-know-what up the other day. Mm. Lit up. Um, Mm -hmm. Doesn't happen often. So I think for the Islanders, it's... You know, don't think you won 6-2 and that's going to happen again. If Johansson's in goal, they know how to beat him. Just shoot the puck. (laughs) On net. No offense. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it doesn't matter, but... He doesn't stop pucks. That's that's been his biggest issue. And to be an NHL goalie, you have to do that. <laughs> this, um, is this is true. But a if fact. they do face Vasilevsky, they've beaten them before. They've played him in the playoffs. They know where to shoot on him. Mm, you just right. got You just got to again. Familiar. You can't sit back. If you start the game slow, Tampa's too talented. They have speed. They will destroy you. But if you take it to them early and you limit their top six from getting out of the zone and you wear them down, I mean, they don't have Sergachev. He's hurt. He's out for the rest of the regular season, probably the entirety of the playoffs. That team has been a shell of what they've been in years past. Again, the fact Mm -hmm. that they're a wild card team tells Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. So they've been inconsistent. And the Islanders, again, have already beaten them by a big margin. They do what they did against them last time. They'll have no problem, but... They can't sit back at all in that game. Especially, we'll see what happens this week. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a, you know two day, a days off. Thursday, they play St. Louis. They'll have a day to relax, and they host them a day game. And the Anders have been notorious for being bad during the day. So, they got to put that behind them. Yeah. They play a lot of day games coming up. They play mm-hmm. the Rangers mm-hmm. on St. Patrick's Day. Day game in MSG, that'll be a fun one. After playing a day game the night before. Uh, night before, the day before. So, yeah, they got to start start finding ways to end this this slump during the day and against Tampa at home after beating them 6-2, it'd probably be a good day to do it
0: a uh, very good day, so no doubt another important week for the Islanders, as as Brock Nelson alluded to, every week now is important for the Islanders, and it's got to start tomorrow with Pittsburgh, but before we wrap up with what's on tap, I'm going to tell you what's on tap with A1VIP Entertainment featured events, starting with Friday, March 22nd, Fallout Boy at MSG, then we move on to Saturday, March 30th, and Sunday, March 31st, Zach Bryan will be performing at UBS Arena, exciting stuff there, and A1VIP Entertainment is also offering listeners and viewers of Hockey Night New York and Isles playoff push package buy four games and get a fifth game for free for home games at UBS Arena call 516-787-0048 mention Hockey Night New York for 10% off featured events one call does it all 516-787-0048 and with that we're going to take a quick break Brian Compton will be joining us we'll be back if you're an Islander fan there's nothing like a big win a tasty meal and great company and Blue Line Deli & Bagels provides all that and more. Owned and operated by die-hard Islander fans, Blue Line Deli & Bagels happily serves Bagel Boss Bagels and a full menu of delicious food and beverages. Whether it's breakfast favorites like pancakes and omelets, specialty heroes and wraps like the Hat Trick and the Hip Check, or fresh-made coffee and smoothies, Blue Line Deli & Bagels has you covered. So stop on in to the flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington or the new spot at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip for their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. And don't forget, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com or pick up the phone and call 631-944-3222. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero.
2: You can go to the game, or you can experience the game, and anything is possible with A1 VIP Entertainment, your one-stop entertainment concierge. Book an NHL game day experience and watch the action from suite level with a hockey legend, or play a round of golf with your favorite heroes from any sport. Thinking of going out of town for the big game? Done. Put your stress to rest and let A1 book travel for you. Need a place to eat before kickoff? That's done, too. A-1 locks down reservations at the most exclusive restaurants. And it's not just sports. A-1 VIP Entertainment gets you from backstage at the hottest concerts to the bright lights of Broadway and even the red carpets of Hollywood. So treat yourself, impress your clients, or give a gift that will last a lifetime. A-1 VIP Entertainment is your ticket to an unforgettable experience. At 516-787-0048, one call does it all
0: thanks for giving some time to our sponsors ready to talk more aisles the train rolls on right here on hockey night in new york welcome back to the program ladies and gentlemen it is time for on the line featuring mr brian compton of nhl.com brian how you been buddy great to have you back
3: on the show good to see you fellas how you doing
0: Doing all right, Uh, talking about the crushing defeat that the Islanders suffered at the hands of the New York Rangers and MetLife Stadium yesterday, and I thought I would start by asking you, can the Islanders recover from such a defeat yesterday and still get in to the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs?
3: I mean, the calendar says yes, the (laughs) standings say yes, but um, judging by Steph was in there too judging by Brock Nelson's reaction fellas I I don't know I I don't know if the belief is there Uh, at least not right now Uh, that was really really devastating as you said to to have a 4-1 lead and to let it slip away like that Um, this is going to be a tough one to overcome the good news is they're playing a Penguins team tomorrow that is really struggling as well and trying to find its way especially offensively which doesn't make any sense given all the firepower that they have But, but um, the Islanders are really going to have to fi- figure out a way to string some wins together, like Brock said uh, last night.
1: Yeah, you talk about Brock Nelson. I guess if you could just describe to listeners just his reaction. We we heard the audio clips, things like that, but if you could just take us through, I know you're the one that asked the question to him. I've never seen Brock look the way he looked last night.
3: Never. It kind of went like this. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was really un. <laughs> not just brock i don't think i've ever seen uh at least in the last since barry took over which was what 2018 i haven't seen a reaction from an islander like that in at least that long so um again this is going to be awfully tough uh you have a new coach who's trying to instill his own philosophies and systems etc um and you know steph's watched them more closely than i have for sure this doesn't even seem like the same Ilya Sorokin that we've been accustomed to in the past. So there's just a lot of question marks over these uh, next 28 games. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, and and you know I guess you know it's 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 just something that sent shockwaves through the league, and we've kind of been getting everybody's reaction to it, so we might as well get yours too. But you know Patrick Wah coming in to take over this team, they're they're at a 500 record with him. Obviously, you give him a little bit of rope here to instill his system, doing it on the fly. We just talked about how they had pretty much a six game mini camp of practices in between, uh, you know their last game leading up to to yesterday. But maybe you can just talk about your reaction to Watt taking over the team and, and if he's got it in him to to get this team over the hump.
3: I mean, if it was from the start of training camp, I would say sure. <laughs> yeah. it, it's awfully tough no matter who the coach is, Sean. I mean, you know this. I, we, of course. We've seen it. I, we saw Craig Berube take over the Blues and they went to win the Cup. I mean, it does happen. Right. Um, but it, that's the anomaly. That's not the, the norm. So um, I, I love the hire, to be perfectly honest. There's nothing against Lane, but – um, not only is Patrick more of a fiery guy and from a selfish perspective, even though I don't cover the team anymore, uh, the answers that he gives is, is gold more often than not, which nothing against lane that's you didn't get that from lane. So at least right. he's, he's gold for the reporters in the room. Um, and on top of that, this is a, a first class hall of fame, all time, great who's Probably sold some tickets over the last three or four weeks, which is obviously something that Scott Malkin is looking for for sure. So um, this is—I think this is a home run, but it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a home run over the next two months. This could—this could take some time.
1: Yeah, and Brian, we talked about it before. Just you watching last night and seeing this, some of the games this year, just the fundamentals after Trosz left have gone out the window. Have you like? Can you understand like why this is happening? What have you seen from this group? Just how that could happen, the way it's happened.
3: Yeah, I mean, what happened with Noah in overtime, that's just – I mean, that's not anything he was doing wrong. That just Whether it was the ice in in overtime, being outside, the elements, whatever you want to call it, Noah Dobson has evolved into one of the better defensemen in the National Hockey League. It was just one of those things that happened at the worst possible time. Um, For me, it's the mental stuff. I mean, the penalties that they took in the third period, which has happened how many times, Steph? You would know better than me. Um, and the double-digit multi-goal leads that they've had in the third period—that, I mean, you guys remember Barry's first year? What were they like? Fifty-one and one when leading yeah. after the second period. Yeah. So, um, I, and that's without Ilya Sorokin. I mean, Robin and Thomas had phenomenal years in 2018, 19, but um, this is not what we've been accustomed to watching over the last five or six years. It's really perplexing. Um, and it's perplexing because it's essentially the same group. I mean, there's been some changes here and there, um, but up front and on the back end, this is essentially the same group. So it's really hard to figure out what's going on there.
0: Yeah, for sure, uh, Brian. And and just to kick it back to, you know, Patrick Watt, the helm here, you know, they've had some tough losses with him at the helm and, He's he's maintained a positive attitude. He's looking at everything that, mm-hmm. that's going on with the team. And even though, you know, the disaster that was yesterday, he still came you know, came up to the podium for you guys and he said, Look, I know it didn't end the way it's, you know we wanted it to, but I'm still looking at certain things here to take away that are that are good for this team, that are positive. And I guess the question is, you know, how long can Patrick Waugh keep doing that until that kind of starts to fall on deaf ears in the sense that, yeah, it's it's nice to take moral victories out of these losses and out of these games, but obviously the clock's ticking here, and if you're not getting results, you know, how long is that going to not only wear thin on the fan base but also on the players in the locker room? Because you can only go so long saying, yeah, we we gave it a good try, but it didn't work out, and, and I just want to know maybe your thoughts on, on how that might affect the fan base and, and perhaps the players.
3: I'm with you. I I think last night has to be the last one of those, Shawnee. I think if this happens again tomorrow or later in the week, I think you need more of a John Tortorella kind of press conference afterwards. Like, this is unacceptable. We can't go on like this. Um, Guys have their heads up there. You know what? Like, you know, one of those Torts grade A press conferences that we've seen over the years, because Patrick's (laughs) that kind of a personality. that kind of a guy um and the fans aren't going to buy the, the honeymoon's going to be over real soon if it didn't end last night so now it's got to be you have to tell the fans what they saw too and look there's certain things that the fans don't see we've been saying this forever uh, whether it's on the ice or behind closed doors that that goes on all the time um, but when you have a 4-1 lead uh, and you blow it and you you lose it over to I mean how many points have this has this team thrown away over the last 5 or 6 months um, there has to be a press conference sooner or later where Patrick blows a gasket. And that's okay, because like you were alluding to, Charlie, enough is enough, and the fans have certainly had enough of this, so we'll see.
1: Ryan, well, I want to ask you about Scott Mayfield. takes three penalties yesterday, but this year has been a real struggle after signing a seven-year deal. Just, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but your thoughts on the seven-year contract that he got, obviously got the AAV down, but what the honors really can do if Scott just doesn't find his game again.
3: Yeah, it's some of the contracts, um, whether it's Scotty, Pierre Engvall. Um, th- I, I get that you the longer you go on these deals, the lower the AAV goes. Um, but you have to take into account, too, the further along we go here, the more the cap is going to increase. So um, to, to have to throw around these five, six, seven-year deals to guys, um, I'm not sure you have to do that. Um, having said that, there's really not a whole lot coming guys. I mean, glue has traded first round pick <laughs> after first round pick. Um, Indeed. and I know for years and years and years pre Lou, I was all in favor of, of trading first round picks to I accelerate stuff. Um, but now you've got an older team, um, and quite frankly, a slower team. So, and when you don't have a whole lot coming from the American league, I know they're, they're bullish on a few prospects that they've just drafted in a year or two, but you're not going to see those guys anytime soon. So um, this is it for a while. Um, So to to get back to to Scotty stuff, um, you know, again, I think it's, it's, it's been a really, really weird year, uh, year for him, whether it's mental mistakes or even some of the stuff he's done uh, in his own end of the ice. And you know, to to throw more gas on the fire. I mean, he's been one of their best penalty killers for a long time, and there he goes to the box late in the game with a one goal lead. Um, he, he's had a really rough year, and how this is gonna uh, can, can we know he can play better than this? But the question is, if it, if this if your question is about the contract, what is he going to look like in four or five years? I mean, that's got to be the scary part for everybody involved.
1: Yeah, over 30 already. And I just want to also talk about with, right. with um, Wah coming in, he said immediately during his introductory press conference, he doesn't want to go into management. He would never say that if he said that live during a press <laughs> conference. <laughs> Lou probably wouldn't have been happy with that. But I feel like when Trots came in, he looked at the team and said, okay, I'm going to build a system to match the team. Whereas Wa's coming in with, you're going to play my system or you're really not going to play. So I guess mm. for the deadline for the summer, how much do you think that Wa has a say in what players are sent out? And what players are brought in?
3: Well, his opinion has to count for something, and I'm sure Lou is going to pick his brain about everything. Um, but again, it goes back to—I mean, there's a couple. It's a, how many? There's what a couple of contracts coming up. I mean, obviously not Scotty or yeah. Uh, you know, Matt Martin contract I guess is up, right? Or does he have another year? Martin's obviously, up. not up. Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna lose a, a couple of guys. But um, as far as trading pieces away, I mean, there's not. There's not a lot there. Whether it's I mean, do you really want to trade another first round pick to give this another crack next year? Like you can't keep doing that. So it Lou's got a lot of work to do. He's gonna have to get very creative. Um but Patrick for sure is gonna have a say. Uh, you know, it's Lou's call. Lou runs everything over there, let's be honest. But Patrick <laughs> of course. uh given it, given his resume and um the kind of coach that he is, and Lou obviously has a lot of respect for him, he's certainly gonna uh, take whatever advice that patrick has here
1: yeah you talk about value and the islanders don't have a lot of pieces that they would sell do you think there's any way that a guy like brock nelson's not on this team long term
3: (sighs) there's my brock side i mean (laughs) how, how do you move forward without brock nelson i just don't i mean he'll probably get you some help whether it's a pick or a prospect because like we were talking about earlier there's not a whole lot coming uh, but if you trade Brock, that means you're you're sell You're starting over almost, right? Yeah, they're not in a position to to start over. Not now with all the contracts that they have, right? Um, I I can't I can't envision I can't envision him not being here. But it's Lou. Any anything is possible. I would assume anything is on the table. I mean, he says it all the time. If, if I can find a way to make this team better, I'm going to do it. Um, but I just don't know how you're a better team without Brock Nelson. I just don't.
2: Yeah, Brian,
0: I think for better or worse, this is a team at worst that would maybe be in a perpetual retool to keep trying to build around the core that they have, because again, because all the contracts that you talked about, but you, know, you and Stefan touched on the discipline with regards to Scott Mayfield. I went on a little rant earlier about Matt Barzell and there's kind of an interesting dynamic there, right? Because you know you need to hold your players accountable uh, when they're irresponsible, when they're when they're undisciplined, they're taking inopportune penalties. But then you also have your stars, right? You have your guys that you want out in the ice for for 25 minutes a game. So how does a guy like Patrick Wah approach something like that? where he needs to get a message across because, as I was saying to Stefan, this is something that Matt Barzell has been doing for a while now, taking penalties at the wrong time, costing the team, ending up with goals against because the penalty kill can't keep the puck out. So how does Patrick Wah handle getting the message across to a star like Matt Barzell?
3: Well, the respect factor is there. I mean, Matt raved about Patrick when he got the job, so I don't think that's an issue at all. Um some of its maturity and I think if I'm Patrick I'd be like hey remember when you guys went on those back to back runs to the conference final you weren't pulling this stuff <laughs> I mean if you want to if you want to get back to that you have to play a certain way and we need you on the ice we can't be having you in the penalty box right for two plus minutes at a time so I would I would be patient I know Patrick is like we we're saying, he has to blow a gasket at some point, but he he's going to preach patience at the same time. I think this is something fans have to be a little bit patient with. But the timing stinks because there's 28 games left and they're four points out of a playoff spot. But I'm curious to see what Matt does where, or where he is 12 months from now when he's when Patrick has a full year under his belt coaching this kid and he has a training camp with this kid. He's yeah. not really kid anymore. Let's be honest. But um, there there's a maturity aspect of this where Matt's got to. He's got to be a leader. He's a leader on this team now, and he's got to act like it, and he can't be spending too much time in the penalty box. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, and you talk about these press conferences. I'm kind of waiting to see when Patrick is ready to unleash dark Patrick Waugh on everybody.
1: (laughs) Probably (laughs) after a question that I ask.
3: I hope so. Uh, Let's hope, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, If the Islanders are close come the deadline, I think we all can agree that they're probably buying. We don't think that he's going to sell. So, Brian, I ask you, when you look at this team – where do you think they need to like what's gotta be the priority for an ad? If they're close and they're going to add, what's the priority?
3: I wanna say bottom six forward, but I know the fans are gonna lose their minds. <laughs> you know what? And I, I love those three guys, guys. they just they look nothing like they used to. They they just don't. And it's sad to watch because they I mean, Barry called it the identity line. Fans used to love to see those three starting games and setting the tone right out of the shoot. You're just you're not seeing that anymore. You know, seeing Johnny Mac's son step in and do the job that he did for a game or two there—that was kind of fun to watch. You know, because like we were saying, they're older and slower, and they need a boost somewhere. And I don't think they're going to get it on the back end. So maybe if they can get some help in the bottom six, and you know, it sure would be nice if somebody scored an empty net goal at some point. What are we nah. February nineteenth—I mean, it's inf- it's unfathomable that they have not. I mean, that would have helped yesterday for sure. But the fact that they have not scored an empty net goal. I think some of that is speed. They're not fast enough to pucks in their own end of the ice, and until that changes, I think you're going to see more of the same. it's just really sad because I was like I was talking about earlier to how much I love those three guys because I've known them forever.
0: I think, Um, but all good
3: things come to an end at some point. You know, you just they might have to cut the cord. It's just it's sad to watch sometimes.
0: I think the, the lack of empty net goals is a testament to just how hard of a time this team has getting out of their own zone.
1: Also, who's on the ice, uh, too? Uh,
0: no holding doubt. on to the leads. Because if they were getting out of their own zone, they'd have, you, know, you get to the red line, you got a much better chance. You know, logic would tell you that you can get that puck into the empty net. But it's just, it's just another testament to just how, how much they struggle to, to get the puck out of their own zone.
1: Yeah, my last question to you, Brian, is yeah. Oliver Wallstrom. We've talked a lot about him, the ACL injury after having a career start or would have been a career year. Do you see that see Wallstrom being on this team once by the end of the season or to start next year?
3: The end of the season, maybe. Start next season, I would be floored. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I think it's change of scenery time. Sometimes things just don't work out the way that you envision. I think it helps that he was one of two picks, and that year, and the other pick is. Noah Dobson, who right. we're saying is involved yeah. into one of the best defensemen in the league. Oliver's got a phenomenal shot. He's a dynamic player. It is not working out here for whatever reason. Now, maybe that changes over the next month and a half under Patrick, and, you know, he's to a top six forward here in September. But the way this is going, man, I just I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, it might be time to uh, to close the book on that. But, Brian, been a while, but great to have you back on the show, man. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thank you so much for your time, man.
3: Thanks for having me, boys. Have a good night. You got it,
0: bud. Thanks, Brian. That was Brian Compton of NHL.com, the managing editor over there. Always does a great job. And you got to hang with him a little bit over the weekend, right? Yeah,
1: well, I saw him at a practice, saw him at a game. So you see me twice now, which is probably way too much for Compton in one month. Once one a week is tough. And then he comes on Zoom to be nice as well. So uh, I have to apologize for him just having to talk to me three times. And, and look great. at you
0: doing it publicly. What a, what a class yeah, guy you are. Yeah, and
1: also shout out to Compton <laughs> for plugging Florida Media without knowing. Is that right? He said Florida. Florida Media, so. Nice catch.
0: Well done. Compton's
1: good at that stuff. Look you know? at that. Yeah. All
0: right, well, great stuff from Brian. And now I'm going to tell you all about Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help, help you find the right game from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens for a night your family will remember. Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons, Lorcana, and organized play communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to mainstboardgamecafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd. Unplug your game. And Stefan, how do you feel about talking about some heroes now?
1: Would love to. Uh, I would love to talk about Brock Nelson because before we get caught up in what Compton just said about playing a clip for you which is what the question that Compton asked Nelson that got the whole pause so I'd love to play that for you again Brian Brian Compton asked Nelson you know how do you kind of move on from this and this is what he had to say
4: this one feels like it's going to take a little bit right now just given the the circumstances of the day and the game and um, environment so uh, you know take a little bit of time now to kind of just reflect and um, Finish this day off and then uh, review tomorrow and think about think about some areas where we can kind of you know tidy up. Uh, and right now for us, it's it's next game is biggest game of the year, so uh, we got to get right back to it. And we got to
0: find a way to win and uh, string together a few.
1: Again, they've had some pretty bad, brutal losses this year. Sure have the and Nelson talks a lot after losses and he says the cliches because in that moment, yeah, obviously they're all mad and pissed, but mm-hmm. it looked like he had seen a ghost. Um, and 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 Brian even said it like he doesn't believe the group believes, and yesterday was probably the first time where I thought the same exact thing because seeing just the shock of this can't can't believe this is happening like how is this happening again? Um, you don't see that a lot from Brock, and it was it w- it was sad to have to hear him answer questions just the way he looked because he looked just not done but. Like I'm over this. Like this is ridiculous.
0: Would you say that previous to yesterday that the Sharks loss was the the low point of the season? What was the what was the worst loss leading up to yesterday?
1: Oh boy. We got We got some to choose from. We Got yeah. time? No. Um <laughs> Sharks one was probably brutal given that it was the Sharks. Right. Um if it's a really good team, they battle back. Right, right. That one was brutal. I mean, they they're all brutal in their own way. That was yeah, that one was brutal. Yesterday just is brutal because your outdoors, well, the New my York Rangers. is, yeah.
0: You take your pick, whichever was the worst yeah, loss, whether yeah. it was the Sharks or what have you. Yesterday was that times ten. Yep. Just because of the stage it was on, the implications, everything that was surrounding that game, and to have it against the Rangers in in that atmosphere, to have it on the national stage in front of eighty thousand people. I mean, it just the sting is just so much heavier than than you know any other game they probably lost this season. So I mean, this might very well be you know, the lowest point, not to say that it's the dagger that's going to, you know, ultimately end their season, but it could be, you know, it really depends. Now you look at Brock Nelson's reaction. Can this team dig themselves out of, you know, whatever rut they're feeling, you know, right now after that loss and, 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 you know, get it together and, and have it start with Pittsburgh tomorrow.
1: I feel like we repeat a lot of different things, but Tuesday for me is going to show what this team is made of. It's going to show again, we've seen, we can set it after every one of those losses, but given the already on a losing streak, going outdoors, first game against the Rangers, giving the need for two points, to blow it that way, this team either shows up or just... Close the book. Because if they come out, again, it's one thing to lose. We talk about it a lot. Like, you lose to San Jose. But if the San Jose Sharks played a really good game and there was a neck-and-neck neck game and they lose, again, at this point in the year, losses are losses, wins are wins. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they come out tomorrow and are lackluster, and it's more of what we saw against Calgary, mm-hmm. it's like, why is Lou going to go? And, you know, Lou has bought so many times because he believes that the team deserves, right. hey, you're fighting. Right. You deserve mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, you know, you know, making your dad feel bad like you're not a good son or whatever, and you don't prove it and you don't get the toy, whatever it is. It's mm-hmm. like not mad but disappointed. But if they come out flat after a game like that, why is Lou gonna waste assets to help this team right now win when he could save those assets, maybe use them at the draft. Or maybe right. like again, I don't think losing a situation where he's ever going to sell. Mm-hmm. I think he'd rather stand pat. But you know, last year they turned it up after a bad January to the point where Lou's like yeah, like I mean, he adds prematurely before Mm -hmm. the deadline, but he essentially said... You guys are playing well. Let me get. Let me help you guys. Let's give you guys the best chance to go on a run and try to make it. Now they don't show up in the playoffs and things go south. But mm-hmm. if you come out flat tomorrow, you're just telling Lou that why am I wasting Exa- assets? Yeah,
0: exactly. Like this, this team has to show everyone themselves, most importantly, that that they can come out of this and you know be the veterans that they are and 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 turn it around and, and go on a run. But but yeah, look, I don't at this point in the game, like I don't blame fans for looking at yesterday and and, and then coupling that with the season as a whole and being like, you know what, this might be it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, hopefully they prove us all wrong. They, they did it a year ago, but but time is running thin. And, you know, we'll look at this week, and, and if they come out with, you know, less than, what, two out of three wins, I mean, how, you know, when when do you just start putting a bow on the season, saying, you know, maybe this is it, and it's time for Lou to shift his focus?
1: I mean, Tampa is huge because they are a team you are chasing. Pittsburgh, you're not chasing. You have to beat Pittsburgh, You to be. Sure. You got to win that game. But yeah. Take that game aside. That has to be a win. But when you go up against a Tampa team that you were t- this point of the year, at the very
0: least, you gotta be Pittsburgh and you gotta be Tampa. And if if you're having a good week, you take a point out of St. Louis. Yeah. Maybe maybe you accept the loss to St. Louis. But I feel like they they gotta be Tampa at home. They gotta be Pittsburgh tomorrow in Pittsburgh and and a road game against St. Louis against a team that's going fairly well with that uh, wild card spot in St. Louis. Like maybe that's the one you forgive if if they can't get it. But or or hey, crazy thought here. Maybe maybe take all three.
1: Yeah, uh, and now it's time for. Hero
0: of the Week. That's right, folks. When you hear this song, that means it's time for Hero of the Week, brought to you by Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is, once again, the B-Comp Q, because Brian Compton was, was just on the show, featuring boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, and onions on a hero. Delicious, delicious. So, Stefan Rosner, let's get into our Heroes of the Week. Obviously, a couple of losses here for the honors, so we might have to get a little creative. But let's start with you. Who's your hero?
1: I was going to start with you, but uh, sure, I'll start. Um, It's Patrick Waugh, and the reason it's Patrick Waugh is he's preached accountability, and at practice, I believe it was Friday, six days in a row, it's Mm -hmm. hard to keep track. Sure. He unloaded on Pierre Engvall. Um, Engvall's been benched a couple of times this year for fundamentals, Mm -hmm. and they were doing a drill where you had to fly out of the defensive zone, and he skated over the puck and didn't open up for a pass, and Patrick Waugh... Goes off, and we have seen Patrick Wah be account- hold players accountable. But you could hear a pin drop, and I don't. Mm. I'm not going to quote it because I don't remember exactly what was said. There sure. were explicit's mm-hmm. thrown. Dizzy he pretty works. much asked Engvall if he understood what he had to do. Engvall said yes, and he said, "Well, effing show me or something like that." And it was, oh, you were like, Geez. "Hey now. Yeah, and again, yeah. it's just, he doesn't, Wa said he do not want, he does one on one film with all of his players because he doesn't think in a group of all mm-hmm. the guys it makes sense to embarrass and pick people out. Mm-hmm. But I guess at that moment, Wa said, that's not, we're not letting that fly. And right. it's also holding others accountable that don't do what Engval just did. But mm-hmm. for the first time since Wa was here, he exploded during a practice like that on one player. And I thought that was so important. One, because Engval is suspect to that a lot, mm-hmm. but two, just, hey, I don't wanna to have to embarrass you, but if you can give me a reason to embarrass you, I'm gonna do it.
0: We've certainly learned that Pierre Engval is the most a publicly disciplined player mm-hmm. on this team, whether it is Lane Lambert or Patrick Watt, just by you know getting some time in the press box, and now he ends up being the the target of a public you know display here. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder if he's a guy who who needs well, clearly it seems to be the case, but I guess he's a guy that needs a kick in the ass to, to kind of do the right well, thing.
1: We've talked about that a lot. I know you're, yeah. you're going to get to your hero, but he's one of those players that sometimes he just needs a kick in the butt, yeah, to get going. My concern, if if you're an Islander standpoint, is like I said, I think Watt at the end of the year is gonna go mm-hmm. to Lou and say here's a list of players yeah, that I believe yeah. could play my system mm-hmm. here's a list of players that can't and here's a list of players that you should go get and right. if Engvall is on the list of players he doesn't think yeah. that can play it mm-hmm. sure he has speed that's always an asset but, <laughs> like, Scott, <laughs> but like Scott like <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be very hard I'm not saying that's the case I'm not putting mm-hmm. words in Wah's mouth Wah mm-hmm. believes that he can get Engvall back yeah, to yeah, that power yeah. pen- uh, the playoff guy but that's where contracts come into concern that you're bringing in a coach with his system. He is not going to change what he wants to do. And you're either going to learn how to play in his system or you're not gonna play.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: But when you have contracts and guys to seven year deals, the tough pill for the Islanders to swallow, you have to automatically think after one year, like, like with Mayfield, do you have to think about buying a guy out like that after one year on a seven year deal. I'm not saying that's gonna happen or that was said, but that starts to go in your head. Even with Lee early in the year was saying, oh, he's at a tough start. They're gonna to have to buy him out. But with Wah here, he has to start building for next year now. Like, if they're going to mm. make the playoffs, great. If not, this is a trial run for finding mm. out who's going to be the big players for next year. And if guys like Engel right. are not part of the future going forward, the Honors are going to have a really hard time moving him.
0: Right. And and we'll worry about over the yeah. summer if we get there whether Lou is oh, we'll able to do that or not. Oh, we'll make Hopefully. it. We'll literally make it to the yeah, summer, yeah, but we'll we find out if they're in or out of the playoffs. Tomorrow's not point. promised. It's, it's true. Wow, that's kind of dark. Sorry, but yeah. Dude. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chiming in there. All right, so we'll get to my hero. So I have a collection of heroes, and that is the— You're the, my hero. Thank you, Stefan. You're my hero, too. Oh,
1: Don't lie to me like that.
0: <laughs> it took a minute. So a collection of heroes here. I'm going with the fans at the rivalry tailgate yesterday. Despite the outcome of the game, uh, had the pleasure of hosting— uh, an awesome tailgate with the Rangers Ed podcast yesterday and we had a ton of people come out, Islander fans, Ranger fans. We had 20 fans, Islander fans come over from the UK to we come hang out with us. We are a big fan
1: from the UK. We we're a big fan. That oh yeah, Tristan. This. Yeah, yeah Tristan, no, yeah. he's
0: great. Yeah, we just had a great, great gathering of people, everybody getting along, having a good time, good spirits, just all having fun. And I can't say enough about all the great people that I got to meet and, and hang out with and spend time with. And, and it, was just a, it was just a fun day. And, and, you know, it just hats off to them because we, we had a great time. And I have to say a big thanks to, you know, people like uh, Donnie at Blue Line Deli, Gabe over at Oyster Bay Brewing Company, uh, Suda Sweet Treats, uh, Main Street Board Game Cafe, one VIP Entertainment. They all got involved and, and awesome. helped us out. And it was just a great big day. You know, I took the bus in with some of the fans there, and we had we had a good time rolling in and out, and just uh, just an awesome time. The weather broke right, you know what I mean? For for mid February, forty degrees ish was was pretty damn good, and some sun, so it was a lot of fun, a great time. So I just wanted to say thanks to everybody out there, all you fans out there that came and hung out with us uh, and and shared a great time with us.
1: That's awesome, yeah. And I just have to ask, how was that bus ride back?
0: It was good. It was it was
1: fun. I, mean, I guess at that point, you guys I mean, are so hammered that.
0: No, no, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, if anything, there was there was one half of the bus that was a little, you know, ch- chipier than than the uh, than the other, and and you had a, a little more quiet fan base. But but the beauty of it is, is that everybody got along. You know, there wasn't any sort of mm-hmm. clown show. Nobody ruining the day for anybody. You know, the whole rivalry thing. Like everybody just, you know, understood that it was just sports, and we're here for a good time. You know what Anime I mean? I people so. could do that. You know, it's possible, but I'm sure we've all been at the Coliseum or the Garden. We saw some nonsense, you know, you know, happen over the years. But everybody was just great, and it, and you know, it took took a little bit of weight off of our shoulders and the Rangers' head guys because you know we started this thing, and there was one point where we looked at each other and we were like, you know, what we're doing here, right? You know, we got Ranger fans, Islander fans coming together, and uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be helping them drinking some beers too. You know, so but it all went well. That's everybody, awesome. everybody that's had a great time. So definitely a good trial run. Hopefully we can do something like that again. But uh, yeah, once again, hats off to to everybody that hung out. We uh, we had a blast.
1: That's all. No, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. It, we it haven't is. used that word today.
0: No, no, we haven't. So what we're gonna do now is uh, assuming he has a take, Mister Jake over <clears> there <throat> in the Snake Den. You got a take for us, buddy? I do,
5: I do. But um, I want to give a quick shout out to Jay. He actually. Was willing to share this drink with me. Is that so, right? For yes. free? Yes, it's a beach ball, <laughs> and I know he likes them a lot. He didn't want to give them out, but <laughs> I know, you know, I know, he's, I he's had to almost man. wrestle him for this one. Yeah, right. And yeah, he's a kind man, and you know, he gave us some. So Look thanks, Jay. Also, he told me I could just have one. <laughs> you have you. Wait. Wait, what? so I the odd man out?
0: Usually, yeah. usually he
5: has a lock on the fridge, he me but he gave you the combination today. There we go. Oh, look well, at yeah. that. Also, another shout out to Jay for um, telling me that I speak with my hands a lot.
1: No, you don't. What are you talking <laughs> about? I know,
5: like this. Like this. My mom brings it up, too, so I apologize. That's just the Italian in me.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. Steph and I do enough distracting things here, where uh, you know you get over, right? But no. Jake,
5: it's fine, man. You're doing a great job. What's Thank what's you. your take? Thank you. So I know a lot of stuff went on this week. Yesterday didn't go as you know we wanted it to go, but I just wanted to say to fans out there, if you ever have the chance to go to a stadium series outdoor game, Winter Classic, do it. The atmosphere there was immaculate. It was crazy. You could really just feel the energy, and it was in a football stadium but it wasn't like a football football atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It was hockey fans. So having that atmosphere with 80,000 people, all hockey fans, right, together for a great show, amazing. I had the opportunity to go to both games. Great time. So yeah, if you ever have the chance to go to any of those, do it. Absolutely.
1: Brings they, a tear to my eye. That, that, was, was, beautiful. that was emotional. Well, was I, I wanted to do a standing Jake? ovation, but it was yeah. not Well, the, that's what it's all about. The love the of beauty. hockey. The yes.
0: love of hockey. And, and it was a great stage. And I will say, Excuse me. Haven't been to the both of the games at Yan- uh, Yankee Stadium about a decade ago. The football situation, the setup is much better than the baseball. The view setup. is much better, obviously, right? because it's actually the same shape. You don't have the awkward like you know V shape of a baseball stadium. And like it's, a it's dead center. Diamond, yes, see, not not a, not a baseball guy baseball or a football diamond. guy for that baseball
1: matter. Baseball guru, because you
0: know it's funny. As Jake was saying, you know, it wasn't really a football atmosphere; it was more of a hockey atmosphere. And I'm like, what's a football atmosphere? I'm like, what's the difference, right? But but yeah, just you know, you have everything dead center. I, I feel like the sight lines, mm-hmm. you know, were were much better as well. I, I saw the the Winter Classic at Fenway oh, back really? in That's Boston. Sick. It was cool to be there, but I tell you, because of because of the the angle, of the seats. Like you barely could see anything. You couldn't see the puck. The boards mm. themselves were blocking the puck, so you ju- you literally just saw guys skating back and forth, and you know where the puck was. But uh, I would say yesterday was my my best outdoor experience. Obviously, the the slightly warmer weather helped. And <clears throat> excuse me, it was still f- effing cold. But yeah, I thought it was great. And and look, uh, the atmosphere was sick. I mean, the fact that you got eleven goals in the game yesterday and just having the fans going crazy and enjoying all that even though it didn't end great. Mm-hmm.
5: But uh, yeah, Jake, uh, great take, buddy. Yeah. Good stuff, man. I mean, yeah, It I was a good day. A great experience for everyone so shout out to the NHL for that.
0: There you go. So that's Jake's take and now I'm going to tell you about Isles Fix. Islanders country, get your daily fix of Isles news, highlights and analysis by subscribing to Isles Fix. The only Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter sent directly to your inbox. Sign up for free or become a paid subscriber for added benefits at Isles fix. Substack. Dot com And with that, we will take one more break. We'll get into questions brewing, and then we'll wrap this thing up. So thanks a lot for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey.ny. We'll be right back. Attention all artists, storytellers, and creators of all kinds. It's time to make your content stand out above the rest. And Floored Media is the place to make your visions become a reality. Maybe you want to elevate your podcast and add some video, or turn that novel you wrote into an audiobook, or maybe you just need the right space to produce your daily vlog whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, and no matter the project, Floored Media has the professional facilities, exceptional staff, and intimate atmosphere to breathe life into your creative passions at every step of the process. If it's engineering, production, live streaming, or post-production, you name it, Floored Media does it all. Conveniently located in the heart of Rockville Center and only a 30-minute ride from New York City on the Long Island Railroad, your creative incubator awaits. Go to flooredmedia.com for more information, And email contact at flooredmedia.com for packages, rates, and availability. Hone in on your unique voice and start your project with Floored Media. It's time for a questions brewing. So go ahead, ask us a question. So, uh, Ed, Jay, how we doing? Jay unlocked the fridge for us today. What's going on, boys? uh, Jay's, Jay's telling me to take the gum out of my mouth.
1: I was also it is tell a little obnoxious, it. honestly. Uh, it was a little distracting. To be
0: chewing gum on the mic, I mean, that's pretty un- unprofessional, Ed.
4: Well, uh, when I'm muting myself, but you know, you just tuck it in the corner when you're talking. You know, we're we're gonna see how that goes. So, yeah. Ed, <laughs> how's the chat tonight? <laughs> oh, uh, I've used this line before, but I'll use it again. If Stefan could use fantastic every week. I think I could say whoa, frustrations brewing.
1: I don't use fantastic every week. Yeah, you do. I mean, no, we,
0: no Stefan, we've reached the point where you use the word more than I did in that one day.
1: Is it a verb yeah. or an additive, though?
0: Let's let's not go there. It's an ad, adverb. <laughs> it's know? an adjective. Adjective. Yes. So Ed, right. <laughs> what do we got going on in
4: there? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Frustrations brewing was my Keep not surprised term by a that a long time ago. Yeah. Frustrations brewing. Uh, but we'll start off with Enzo nine here. Okay. If Barzal or Mayfield doesn't see the bench, then why cannot talk about accountability? Uh, accountability for the rest of the season. Do you agree?
1: I mean, he can do whatever he wants. Fact. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, Get I wrote the about. point, but. I'll plug an article here. Um, Hockey news this morning wrote a Scott Mayfield article about what they could do with him because he's not going anywhere. Uh, we talked about it, it's very hard to move. How can they? How can why really just use him? I think for for us and Compton talked about it. It's just the basics, the fundamentals. My mindset for this is that you got to get Mayfield off the penalty kill. You got to let him just focus mm-hmm. on the basics. Now again, under WA, the third pairing has been playing like a third pairing, not going against the tough the tough opponents, playing under 18 minutes or so a game. But Mayfield has to earn these minutes to me. And I think for Mayfield, you know, you bench him. Let's go Let's go over this. You bench Mayfield. Okay. Does Ajo playing over Mayfield make your team better? Do you think Ajo over Mayfield makes them better? With what Mayfield's job is. Let's say the same roles are going right. to throw Ajo in That Does that make them better?
0: Right. And to that point, at this stage in the game, if this is a team that's still trying to make the playoffs, again, the, the whole cliche, cutting off your nose to spite your own face. Like... To your point, I don't think it does. Okay. I don't think it does.
1: Agreed. Right. Just moving a guy from the left side to the right side to play Bullduke in there instead of Mayfield, does that make your team better? Probably not. Okay. So for people saying, let's bench right. Mayfield, let's bench Mayfield, does that – sure, accountability is a thing. All right, so if we're going to bench Mayfield for what he did last night, mm. so you're telling me, all right, let's just – Barzal watches the next game. <laughs> you want to hold players accountable. It's not I, understand, I get that. Yeah. You take Barzal. I know Barzal is a much – Bigger difference maker than Mayfield. But, okay, you want to make a point. Take uh, all out. Oh, we can't do that. He's that player. Pierre Gouveau came out, and look what happened every time he took and sat on the bench. Mm. That line was terrible. So, sure, does Mayfield <laughs> deserve to hit the bench? Yeah. But does Mayfield coming out of the lineup make this team better with what yeah. they have? No, so why would they bench Mayfield? That's my my take on that.
0: And you know what? These players got to hold themselves accountable. For sure. They're veterans. I mean, these guys have been in the league for a long time now. They, that, and that's the frustrating thing. Yeah. Is that you, you give more of a pass if it's a kid just coming up in the league. Like, everybody laughed when Matt Barzell stepped off the off the penalty box. You know, remember in his first in his game? first game, yeah. He stepped out. Pad. He goes right back in the box because, you know, and everybody's like, oh, that's hilarious. You know what I mean? You but now, a it's not hilarious anymore. You know, yeah. you start taking stupid penalties like that, and you're costing your team. You're, you're fighting for your life to stay in the playoffs, and 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 you're still costing your team with these calls. And, you know, these guys got to look in the mirror a little bit, but I do think to a more reasonable point of how you handle a guy like Scott Mayfield is, yeah, you got to dial his minutes back.
1: And you could, and, if you want to bend, if you want to limit his minutes and sit him, for example, he should not be out there in the final two minutes or final three minutes. He has to earn that back. Noah Dobson is the guy that we talked to that said, I want to be like, he was on the penalty kill and everybody was mm-hmm. hurt. I want to play in the PK. Okay. Guess Give him what? A shot. Give exactly. him a shot. Exactly. I just, just going back to my point is I get the anger with wanting to send Mayfield to the sun, but <laughs> if you don't have a replacement, that's going to make this team. If this team was out of it completely, then Mayfield maybe, okay, fine. He sits. But for a team that wants to make the playoffs, there's no option. Even if you're putting on your glasses that, oh yeah, he has this. There's no option that gives the honors a better chance to win. And this is a team game. You could hold players accountable. I guarantee while read him the Riot act after the game. We don't see mm. everything. People don't. I feel like people don't understand that. Right. When Lee says right. cliche things after a game, we're not in the locker room until probably five or six minutes after the game's over. All the raw, you know what, that has to be said is being said before we even get in there. I'm glad you brought up Lee,
0: though. Was this after the Seattle game where he got a little bit of crap from the fans because he gave a... You know, he gave yeah. one of those positive yes, yes. you know, responses after the game where they lose this game, they don't put out the best effort, he's like, oh, yeah, well, we got the point, you know, we tried. And it's like, aren't we past that? And, and, I, and I kind of side with the fans on that. I mean, this is your captain. This is a guy who's got to be able to look into the camera every now and then and say, yeah, no, this was not a good game. We got to step our stuff up. And, you know, he kind of went the other way with it. And, and you know, from a fan's perspective, I could see the disappointment there.
1: For sure. And I think, now, again, I have to remember back, but I'm pretty sure under Trotz, Lee was not like this. And I do, I'm not blowing it, saying it's all Lambert's fault, but Lee, the same way Lambert after games, when they give up six goals, would say, well, our defensive structure is good. Like, it's Mm -hmm. great. We got a point. Yeah, Anders Lee's kind of fallen into the protect my teammates Mm -hmm. as much as I can. And what hurts Lee more is that when he says that, and then you go and talk to someone else like a Horvat, when Lee says, great to get a point, Horvat says, that was terrible, we can't do that. A former captain who everyone wants to be captain anyway. And then for us media, like people also don't understand, they don't think Lee talks as much. And we talk to Lee all the time. But for what we need to do for work, or we need to get you engaged in what we're doing, if Horvat has a better quote, we're gonna use the Horvat quote. We might not even touch Lee's quote. Mm. If people think, well, Horvat's talking like a captain after every game, he talks every game, where's Lee, where's Lee's?" you know i'll apologize to the sense that maybe we have to do a better job of showing that lee is still in voice every day cuz again we have to do what's best for us and sometimes right. that means right. if horvat says something that it'll resonate more with the fans mm. lee might have said something that was really good just not as good and we have word counts things like that where mm. we got to take the better <laughs> quote so right. i think us media and i'll take that is like maybe we got to do a better job of showing you that lee is at least talking cuz i think we we well, hurt his... Um, okay, he's not helping himself, but we heard. Yeah, hurt... it's not
0: your responsibility to make Anders Lee look good. No, He's going to do no. that on his own, yeah. one way or the other.
1: But the fact that people think that he doesn't talk, he's definitely talking. It just might not be what you want to hear or it might not be what fits the story that we're trying to do. And,
0: and Anders Lee shouldn't be speaking for the sake of the fans either. Correct. He should be speaking for the sake of himself and yeah. for the team. But after a loss like that, I understand why fans looked at that quote and we're like, what's going on here? You know, like, you know where you are in the standings. You know what's been happening you know, the last 10, 15 games like, when are you going to step up and say, yeah no, we suck tonight, or yeah no, we, we should have put a better better effort out there, And because like, again, he wears that C, he's he's the, the general, so to speak, and you know, he's got to steer his team in that direction too, I mean, because that should resonate with the players also, when they see that quote, when he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, we gotta get our shit together, we gotta get our collective shit together, and win some hockey games here so, so I get that, I mean, look, that does doesn't mean I've I've lost all faith in Anders Lee as yeah, a captain. Nobody,
1: by the way, should be doing that either. Because you talked everybody, yeah. and they love. I mean, it, they, for me, it was just r- well, surprising. That,
0: that's a great
4: segue into our next question from DTMR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love the captain, but is the time to move on from Anders? <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, we're not. It's so hard because again, I get the fans, and you take it at face value. But we, unless you're first off, no fan. They can. Everyone has opinions, but only person that matters to that question is at the end of the year when Waugh goes into the room and says, "Do you guys still believe Lee should be the captain?" If all the players say yes, because he was picked as captain, Trotz tells the story all the time when he was Mm. here. He asked everybody on the phone, "Who do you think should be?" Everyone said Anderson. I know things change over the years, and.
0: I don't think we're anywhere close yeah. to Anders Lee's captaincy being put into question. Mm-hmm. And and me even ranting about how I wasn't too thrilled with this quote the other yeah. day doesn't mean I'm I'm a step away from saying the sea's gotta get stripped off of yeah. his chest. It was just in the moment for that game, it was disappointing. I don't think that was those were the right words to use because you know it's almost insulting the intelligence of the fans, or at least I'm sure that's how they take it in the sense that, like, look, we're seeing what's going on out there. Same thing with Lambert. You guys, you guys, exactly. Like, you guys didn't play a great game. You don't have to tell us or try to tell us that you did. I mean, yeah, you got a point, but what, what's that doing for us now? You got a lot of those loser points at this point. Like, let us know what's really going on. And and, and maybe he did feel good about that game, and, and he just... Told it like it was. Maybe that's how he felt. But I get it. But again, like as far as like, is, are we moving on from Anders Lee? Is it time to take the captaincy away? We're not there. He's 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 still a guy that they respect tremendously in that locker room, whether you agree with all of his quotes or not. And I don't think we're anywhere near a controversy where we're wondering even this summer, like, oh, is you know he's getting a little older. He's not putting up thirty goals anymore. Is this is this a thing that's going to happen? Anjosley is going to be the captain of this team for at least a, as long as he's. Well, so he's done. Yeah, until he's done, exactly, or unless he really runs out this contract and he's not doing anything on the ice, that's when, you know, if he's a guy that's just glued to the bench, the press box, that's when you have to look at that. But we're, we're so far away from that, uh, I wouldn't even think about it. Next
4: up from aisle 72. Shouldn't Lou look to somehow get McLean in the lineup as he looks like he's a good PKer?
1: That is a great question because I I agree that McLean came up. He was excellent, and everyone I got a lot of uh, heat on social media in his first game against Chicago. I'm watching the game, and I think I tweeted out something along the lines of, "Wow, he's been amazing," and everyone's saying he's done nothing. What are you talking about? When players do not stand out when they are young players, that is usually a very good sign they are just doing the right thing. And for a guy that's grinded to get to the NHL, to go into the lineup and pretty much be is ass, filling lanes, getting in on the four check, hitting, mm-hmm. making the simple reads, that's what you need when you call players up. There's no time for the Islanders in, in these seasons to call somebody up who's not ready. Because they're going to know right away that they're not ready, and now it's like, oh, you need 10 games to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He figured it out immediately of just keeping it simple, he was fantastic, and it shows you that, show Lou especially, that you could move one of your centers because McLean could come up and, again, no offense to the guys that are here, but $800,000 contract from McLean who could play a bottom six shutdown shutdown center role. Do you need John gabriel Pajot here? Do you need Casey Zizek? Again, I get those players and the value they have, but in a cap world where you could look at a player, I know Zizek is, I think, 2.5 and his 800,000, 800, but mm-hmm. Peugeot is not the goal scorer that the Islanders saw when they, when they traded for him. Right. The faceoff numbers have gone down, and right. the penalty kill has been terrible. So right. when you could say, okay, we can move a $5 million guy off the books to establish and get something elsewhere— or we keep him when we have a guy that's making $800,000 who could do the exact same thing we I mean it's a no brainer when if you know obviously with no We're not trade saying clauses that
0: is Pajot yet or anything no, like that but, but
1: a bottom six where the owners when when the guy you're paying $5 million a year is struggling to do exactly what you got him to do mm. when you have a guy that's making $800,000 who's younger faster you you think you you should try to move a guy like Peugeot. now again you have no I think he has a 16 team no trade clause So Zekas has I think I don't know if he has any clauses but McLean could also play the wing. So now if Walsham's not the answer, can you play McLean up there? Martin and Clutterbuck aren't here next year where you thought, okay, it's between Fashing and Godier. Now McLean's proven that even an eight hundred thousand to a one point whatever million, that's a, that's still saving you money to have McLean play. So I think McLean'll be up here at some point this year, and I think he has a very strong chance of making the NHL roster next year.
0: Oh, I agree. I, I think I think he's has a huge chance of being on a team. Just just with the simple math of, of Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck coming off the books. I mean, we I think a week or two ago we talked about the potential of them coming back or not. And yeah, you know, maybe you get one, maybe you get both. I I I, I doubt it's both but you never know because they're such a big part of that locker room. But, but I think there's definitely a door open for McLean to, to be on maybe a, a restructured fourth line for this team where you see him even with Zizekas on the wing or something like that, Hudson Fashing in the mix there too. And, and you know, maybe we just see a complete remodeling of the bottom six next year, but we are getting a little
1: ahead of ourselves. Yeah, and- but I do think too, to your point, if he plays the wing, whether it's the penalty killer 5-on-5, five five, you have an extra center on the ice. So that means right. he understands how right. to play a center game. Mm-hmm. Could also take faceoffs at some of yeah. these. There's a lot of reasons why McLean being on this team would help this team, especially next year when certain guys probably won't be here.
4: Right. Ed, just to bridge on to that, Joey Pickles said, I'm seeing more fans asking for McLean or Maggio to be called up. Do we know how well the Bridgeport Islanders are taking to Roy uh, Wild System?
1: So I did That's ask a scout about what he's seen since. Wo- I asked the scout that's gone there a couple of times is he's seeing that they play a different way. And that was early, probably like a week or two into one. He hadn't seen a difference. But I caught a little bit of the of the Bridgeport game uh, the other day. And and you're starting to see a little similarities. Now, again, it's Kowalski's first year down there. Mm. To go back to your point about Maggio, um, there's an uh, exclusive interview dropping tomorrow morning on the Hockey News. We spoke with Maggio. He's got three goals and assists over his last three games. He's on fire. The goals have been—he had one silky goal between the legs, cut, backhand, top shelf. But what's been interesting to see when Maggio's come on now, because early in the year was the points weren't falling. He's doing the right things. His speed is NHL speed. Forget the moves he's making in the offensive. Like, his shiftiness and him exploding through the neutral zone and cutting around guys. Maybe he's taking advantage of AHL defensemen. But the speed is what we saw in training camp where I talked to Pajot and Lee— and they both said, Maggio is so easy to play with. And when they said that, I mm. said, this guy's got a future Whether He's got top six offensive talent. Again, size might be an issue. But bottom six, head down, grinding roll like McLean. I, Maggio is a coach's dream. Mm. We're just going to work. And he's one of those guys, like I thought, like McLean, if Maggio got called up this year, there wouldn't be any time needed to get oh, NHL five, six games to get used to it. Go in there, do the basic things. That's what Maggio does well. Sure, he had a ridiculous year with the winning OHL player of the year. Which you can't mimic that ever, but I loved what I've seen from Maggio over these last three games. Confidence is a dangerous thing, but yeah, having guys like McLean and Maggio, McLean going undrafted, Maggio a really late draft pick for those guys to, to find a way to make it onto this roster mm-hmm. is huge for a franchise who doesn't have pro, doesn't have prospects.
0: Oh, for sure. And and look, if the Islanders don't figure out a way to get it back on the rails here and get into the playoffs, Playtime. probably wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of those guys come up and, and get a get a shot at the NHL. Ed. Next up from John Smith
4: over on YouTube. He says, no cap, no movable contracts, no quality prospects, 28 games left and trending downwards. Realistically, what can be done to salvage this season? Or is it more of the same?
1: They could win games. (laughs) That's the first thing that came to my mind, win games, (laughs) We work too well together. Yeah. What what can they do with, well, they can create cap space. They can definitely, we'll see what happens with Bortuzzo. He was practicing before the stadium series. <laughs> yeah. Everyone forgot about him. He's an LTIR. If they want to activate him, they got to clear 600. You know,
0: he's the one guy you didn't mention saying who could come in for Mayfield. He plays the right it. side.
1: I wrote about it this afternoon, actually, and I just didn't mention it. My mindset was that would be the only guy. If he, I the, feel like
0: he's the one guy I'd be willing to give a shot. Big he body, looked all
1: right. Big body at the end of it, before he got hurt. He was a getting people were blowing by him on the rush. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. again, he's not a fast guy. But big right. body defenseman. Mm-hmm. I just again for me, if you're benching Mayfield in year right. one mm-hmm. of a seven, again politics aside, you have to do what's best one for, for the team. Different though, I feel like the way they've handled Mayfield's been here for a while. Sure, Engvall's sure, a, a sure. newbie for this squad, but okay, yeah. For me, I didn't mention him because is still hurt. But if is ready to go. One, you have to move Aho, Aho, Mayf- uh, Bolduc, or Wallstrom. And they're not going to move Wallstrom because that would bring them down to 12 forwards. So mm-hmm. they're not going to cut that. So it'd be Aho or Bolduc. It seems like Wa- yeah, loves yeah. A- uh, Bolduc. So we're probably coming to the end of Aho on the Islanders roster if they don't wave Bortuzzo. But I think they'd wave Ajo before that. So yeah, but Bortuzzo would be a, a fit to come in for Mayfield if they decide to go that route and if Bortuzo is ready. But going back to the point about how can they salvage a season, um, finishing games. I mean, we've talked <laughs> about it all year. There's no reason you don't get two points yesterday. And going forward, they need to get as many points as possible. This team is talented. Everyone just thinks they're not. They're, you look at all the blown leads, if, if they don't blow 60, 70% of those leads, they might be ahead of the Rangers in the playoffs and are, if, are, are a great team that I don't think they'd ever be considered elite. I don't think the Islanders could get McDavid and they'd say, oh, this team's elite. But they are such a talented team.
0: If they, they- weren't talented, they wouldn't be able to get those leads to ultimately give up, right? Yeah,
1: they'd be done in the first period.
0: Right. They're scoring goals. They just have had just a tremendous job. Of, of trying to close these games out, and we're we're still trying to figure out why that is. But but yeah, uh, and probably not the answer you're looking for. But the best thing this team can do is literally just try to win and collect points. I don't think there's any cure all coming down the pike here. Whether it's somebody coming up from Bridgeport or a, a deal we we don't we see coming out of nowhere from Lula Amarillo. I mean, doesn't not to say that he he might not do something, especially if they give him a reason to. But I don't think there's going to be some snap of the finger and, and everything magically you know falls into place uh, from something from the outside. I think this is just the team's got to find it within or they don't. And, and then they got bigger decisions to make this summer.
1: People have to remember too, for, let's pretend Gensel wasn't hurt. Fans were calling for Gensel. One player does not fix every issue this team has. Great. First off, the offense has been pretty good. They just, how many goals did they put up last night? I mean, this team can score goals against elite goaltending. But you, even if they got a defenseman or got a top six forward, the players that are making the mistakes are here long-term. It's not like these guys are one guy comes in here and they just fundamentally figure it out. Guess who has to get that person the puck? You're going to make a fundamentally strong play to get whoever you're bringing in the puck. So one player doesn't fix this team. If this team's going to make the playoffs, it's going to be a look in the mirror and everyone on this team has to be better. It's a team sport. This is an NBA where you go get LeBron James and you're bookmarked to go to the NBA Finals. You could have bring Sidney Crosby into this team and they get, look at Austin Matthews on the Maple Leafs. Perfect example. You take Austin Matthews off this team, they're a bottom five team in the league. You have Matthews on this team right now, and they, they're they falling. Like, they're not playing well. Mm. One player doesn't, that's going to score 80, 90 goals this year. That team could still miss. We see McDavid all the time. He hasn't won a cup. Greatest player, probably the most talented player to ever play the game. And he hasn't sniffed a Stanley Cup final.
0: Fair point, Stefan
4: Ed. Oh. What do you got? Wow. MJ Beckman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, damn. MJ Beckman. If you bought the stadium jersey, can you ever wear it again after yesterday? And if you hadn't bought one, would you ever? <laughs> well, I mean, well,
1: someone who bought one.
0: <laughs> I, I do happen to own one, and and uh, I, I you get? really like it. I, I went with a blank. A blank? I'm, I'm oh, a blank okay. jersey guy, yeah, for the most part. I feel that. But, yeah, uh, you know, I get it. I get the question. I know it's a, a bit of a fun one. And I, and I certainly wouldn't blame anybody for not being wanting to wear it after after what happened yesterday. Uh, mine will remain uh, in my possession. <laughs> I don't wear a lot of jerseys all the time, but yeah, I, I get I get it. But but you know, I mean, it's still, if you like the jersey, if it's a nice jersey, you know, keep it around.
1: What I will say is, even if the Islanders had won, I was thinking, oh, maybe they'll wear it during the.
0: I'd like to see them wear it again.
1: They are not after yesterday. <laughs> that that jersey was thrown in the garbage, and Lou said, if I ever see that again, someone's getting killed. Like, there's no way they're wearing that. In the game, there's no you way. You think you at, think it's toast? I don't think they were gonna wear it. Re- I don't think Lou would allow them to wear it, regardless. But mm. after, how can they put that back on for a game? I, I don't see it after what happened yesterday. I don't even think it was part of the plan. I don't think they wear them at all. And if I they guess do, I,
0: I guess I get that. But like, I don't know. For me, it's just I, I understand. I understand. But yeah. I, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, why are they wearing this again?
1: Yeah, I, I would be incredibly shocked if we see that yeah. being worn at a home game. Okay,
4: John Price, 15x. Who won the hockey game versus Rangers Ed podcast Sunday, uh, Saturday? Oh, I love this question. And I didn't I'm gonna even guess set we won.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you didn't tell me anything about the game.
0: Yeah. We destroyed those guys.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> we we stopped keeping score. And uh, mm. I almost hope that Rangers Ed isn't listening because I don't want to hurt their feelings. But, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took it to them. Team Orange won. We, we we took them down. It was a lot of fun, though, and in all seriousness. And look, it was a laid back game. We were just having a good time.
1: Oh, well, it's not laid back for you guys. Put the, the pedal on the gas and you...
0: We, uh, we, we ran the score up a little bit. It's true. Did you
1: do a three pass roll at some point or no? Oh, what is that? Oh, it's when you go up by a lot. It's usually kid games. Like, if they go up by like, hey, guys, you have to make three passes. Oh, no. shot.
0: <laughs> that would be a little more embarrassing. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't do that. We just kept running up the score.
1: Oh, nice. It, that's, what, that's what, you know, honestly, so, that's what's needed nowadays.
0: Listen, listen. I mean, it, you know, you, you got to keep the rivalry going somehow, right? And, you know, they, they, they offered us a challenge. They said, hey, how about Rangers-Ed versus Hockey Night in New York? And Hockey Night in New York ac- accepted. We took care of business. So, uh, yeah, Hockey Night in New York took the win. Nice.
4: Next up from Phlebotanum1. Didn't we all know this team had a rough future coming after the success we had in the successive years? Being one game and one goal away one year and being one goal away the next year from the finals. We sacrificed the future for it. That's how it goes. Although it's a bit sooner than I thought for the decline. Some players just forgot how to play.
1: I definitely agree with that some players just forgot how to play. That being said, they don't. it's very hard to just forget. Again, that's why I asked Compton the question because it is... They need to do a 30-for-30 on this is what happened. It's just... It's a great question. Um, I think, you know, not to go at this person who asked the question, but I love people on social media that go, I've been saying for years this was going to happen. I was right. Like, I don't know what people get out of that anymore. Sure. Um, to be like, oh, I told you guys they should have done this. I was right all along. But, but- yeah,
0: stop it. Like, <laughs> you, you have to go for it. You can't yeah. You can't play every season in fear of what might happen in the future. And, and let's be honest here. Did, did anybody going into that summer, especially. Which summer, sorry. What's that? Which summer. I'm
1: getting there. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> Especially with John Tavares leaving. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Leaving the team on July 1st. You have Lou and Barry coming in. Did anybody see two semifinal appearances coming from that team? Now, now, granted, everybody was probably feeling good about it and excited about it. Lou's coming in. Barry's coming in. But they just lost John Tavares, and they missed the playoffs with him on the team the year before. So let's not, you know, let's not say anybody had a crystal ball here, all right? But... Lou bet on this team. he got them to within a game in the third season, two of the the best years of my Islander fandom since I, I've been a wee lad, right and and I and look, they didn't they didn't make it to the top of the mountain, but they came damn close, and and I'll say it a million times if they had' a gotten past Tampa in that second year, they absolutely would have wiped the floor with Montreal. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But like again, like look at it this way. If Lou didn't go for it in those years, we wouldn't even be celebrating what happened in those years too. I mean, look, they, they didn't make it all the way, but those were damn fun years to watch, especially after all the garbage that we saw with this franchise in the decades leading up to that. So yeah, there there is a cycle to this. You're going to go for it. You're going to get rid of your draft picks and, and there's going to be some lean years. And, and maybe this is the start of the decline into that. Maybe it's not. Maybe they retool a little bit and, and they get back on track and they, they can win some hockey games. Hopefully that's the case. But yeah, th- this could be it. And and hopefully with with look, it starts at the top. They have great ownership at the top. Whether Lou's lose still the manager or not, when this stuff happens, hopefully they bring in somebody who, who can do it. But this, this is the nature of the game. One out of 32 teams win the Stanley Cup. They went for it. I have no problem with it. And and yes, we knew that eventually some suffering was coming. And, and maybe this is the start of it. Maybe it's not.
1: By the way, this team is more talented than the teams that went back to back to the Eastern Finals. Just going to throw that out there. Again, potential and execution Two different things. This team watching them play hockey is much more talented than those two teams were. Now, again, the players haven't executed the same defense. Like, obviously, look at those teams and how good they were defensively. But talent-wise, especially offensively, this team blows those teams out of the water, which is more concerning because if they could just have played better defensively, where this team could be in the standings Mm, now. Right. It's it's disgusting a little (laughs) bit.
0: It's disgusting. It's frustrating. It's a lot of negative adjectives. But maybe they'll get get it together in these last uh, this last bunch of games here. Maybe they don't, and we'll see where it goes. But, but I know we, we give a lot of long-winded answers to these questions, so I want to get at least one more in because, Ed, you said we had a lot. Yeah, so I guess we'll go with
4: Andremi. Does Lou survive if this team falls apart and misses another playoff? Don't see how the owners can justify it to fans.
0: I don't think Lou remains if they miss the playoffs. And and whether that's uh, whether that's a firing or not, I think publicly it's going to be Lou has Mutually. decided to step down. But 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 if but if he has a multi-year contract, then maybe not. But I just feel like you know, you have a, an unsuccessful season after betting on Lane Lambert and, and it not working out. And But, like, it brings all the other questions about what do they do with Patrick Waugh if they bring in a new GM. That's all things you got to worry about. You know, maybe maybe him getting the blessing to hire Patrick Waugh means he is sticking around regardless. But I do understand, at the very least, it might be a tough sell to fans if they miss the playoffs this year and Lou is still at the helm.
1: Now, the honors go on an absolute run right now and still miss the playoffs because of where they are in the standings. So I do think it depends on how this season goes, but mm. you make a great point. New GM comes in. They may want to remove Wah. I could very much see Lou coming back, but like we saw with Kekelein and just now in Columbus, that if next year starts and these same things are going and the roster's not doing well by November, mm. then you see a, a GM change. But mm. it's very tough to tell because we don't know Lou's contract. Even if it is his final year, like, I think Watt at some point is going to end up becoming the general manager of the Islanders. And Benoit, my belief is that Benoit will eventually become the head coach of this team.
0: Interesting. That's just
1: my mindset. Given I,
0: that- do, I don't mean to cut you no, off, but, but I do think that despite what Patrick Watt might have said publicly about I have no interest in being a general manager, like, I don't think it's unreasonable... To think that this is the guy they're lining up to replace. I mean, how to lose Lou your job in ten when seconds? When it's time to go, like, because, because again, Patrick was a name we know. In the past, he was interested in being in management. Uh, he had leadership, you know, and ultimately led to his demise in Colorado. But, but he was trusted to to help out on that. I don't remember his official title, but I know that Sakik was leaning on him for managerial yeah. decisions as well. So. You know, maybe we're kind of already seeing the the baton longwise being passed here to Patrick Waugh if and when Lou's ready to finally call it quits.
1: Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Very yeah. interesting.
0: So that'll do it for questions Bruin. Again, as always, we, we're sorry if we didn't get to your questions, but we appreciate you throwing them, throwing them out there. Hopefully we'll get to them next week. And with that, we are going to wrap this thing up up so we want to start with a huge thanks to Brian Compton of NHL.com for joining us always a pleasure to have him on the show and of course a big thanks to our sponsors starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington and 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip check out the menu and order online at BlueLineDeli.com. also a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village find out how to unplug your game at MainSTBoardGameCafe.com also a big thanks to Razor and Conifit Attorneys at law, nobody likes going to court, but hey, if you have to, call 516-742-7600 for a free consultation. And a big thanks to A1VIP Entertainment, your one-stop entertainment concierge for sports, concerts, Broadway, and more. One call does it all at 516-787-0048. And of course, folks... Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Tell your friends. Spread the word about Hockey Night New York. Stefan Rosner, where can we find you on social media and your wonderful writing skills?
1: I appreciate that. You can follow me on Twitter at Stefan underscore Rosner, S-T-E-F-E-N underscore Rosner, the Hockey News Islanders Rangers, NHL.com.
0: There you go. You can follow myself on Twitter at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere else on Twitter social media and folks want to tell you we got another event coming up March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. The Islanders will have a chance to rebound against the New York Rangers after what happened yesterday. They will be going into Madison Square Garden at 1 o'clock for a St. Patrick's Day bash. We will be throwing a viewing party at R.J. Daniels and Rockville Center. Yes, we will be back. And I know Stefan will be covering the game in MSG. So I got a special guest co-host coming in, a man known as Mr. Michael Carver. You probably know him from the ILC podcast and now of SportsGrid. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Please come down to R.J. Daniels and Rockville Center. We will have more information for you, but that's going to be a lot of fun, so definitely keep on the pulse for that. So, for Stefan Rosner, for Ed, for Jay, for Jake the Snake Radonis over there, I've been Sean Cuthbert, and we have been Hockey Night New York. Have a great rest of your Monday night.